Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Let's celebrate what this guy's done. I can't name five guys like you. You can't. You cannot, right? Thank you, brother. Look at this mansion. Look at the cars or look at the women. You know, like, those are tangible successes, you could say. Like, right on paper, you could see them. And I almost value the intangibles more, man. Like, I wear the same shit every day. I don't, you know, I, I have no one to impress. That yeah. I feel you are the Bob Marley of, of this era, that you're so underappreciated with your message and what you have to do and what you've come to do, right? Do you think about that? Are you just like in flow stage always? Do you think about like where your your like ceiling is? Does that ever cross your mind? Yeah, no. Nah, never really crosses the mind anymore. Grab that, buddy. See what that feels Love like. Love that. Oh, yeah. Feels like home. Hey, let's go practice? Or were you like, Pops, man, let's go crush it? How was that vibe? Yeah, it was mainly, it was kind of mainly uh, me. My, I was very driven to be, I had something intuitive in me as a kid. I had it in me, like this is, I, I felt like it was like the path for me. How to optimize myself, how to improve myself. The, the guy, the era in the 20s and who I was and Mike Studd even, or even Mike the baseball player. Um, I think there's one major thing in the universe really, or in human life that's so important. and. It's like experiential wisdom, I call it. But what's, what is, like I'm impressing myself with being on a journey towards betterment, being good to people. Your podcast, The Coach HP Show. I, I was telling you earlier, Michael, I want to call you Michael, man, because I think we're going to go to Michael stage. You know, you're at Mike now, Michael. <laughs> that yeah. I feel you are the Bob Marley of, of this era, that you're so underappreciated with your message and what you have to do and what you've come to do, right? Do you think about that? Are you just like in flow stage always? Do you think about like where your, your like ceiling is? Does that ever cross your mind? Yeah, no. Nah. Never really crosses the mind anymore. I think I think there was an error um, as I first kind of started. Yeah, I'd say I'd say like also paired with just growing up as a man. You know what I mean? You mm -hmm. and you you kind of come through these phases in life where you kind of learn what you do value, learn what matters. You know what I mean? And and really like not just to say that, just like really what gets you going and what what really moves you and and um, thinking about how I'm remembered or, or thinking about how, you know, how people are valuing me. Like, are you ranking me? Where am I ranked in society? None of that, all that shit's kind of fell off to the side in regards to like my totem pole of, of priorities or things that matter. Well, to me, you are, I was telling you this, you're the number one baseball guy, right? Mm -hmm. That has transitioned after 
baseball. Yeah. Oh, and that's for you, by the way. Look, grab that, buddy. See what that feels Love like. Love that. Oh, yeah. Feels like home. Feels like home. Perfect. You didn't play perfect game, did you? I did. You did? Well, I did it. I did a few of their showcases and stuff. Talk to me about showcases, bro, because I think showcases are pro pitchers always. Because yeah. you guys just fucking fire, and us haters. Talk to me about showcases. Yeah, bro. I feel that. I feel that. I mean, I I only did a few, um, but one paid off. You know, I think I went to one up in Connecticut. I'm from Rhode Island, not exactly a fucking baseball powerhouse by any means, you know. And um, yeah, I went to one in uh, in Connecticut, I believe, and. Do well, and that was actually where Duke first saw me, which is where I ended up going to school. And um, yeah, the showcases are fun, but I agree, it's pitcher friendly. It's all pitcher friendly. Now, I saw I saw an episode where you had your parents, right? Yeah. It strikes me that I think personality wise, your thing, your personality is your mom. Yeah. I think like I, that's the vibe I got. Because your dad, I got him like very calm, very, very calculative. Calm. You know, like just like chill guy, right? Mm -hmm. That makes, in my opinion, the best sports dad. Yeah. Because he's not going to rile you up. Am I right in that? Yeah, or no? yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah, he's a very mild-mannered guy. Um, but he was hands-on with me. Like, we'd work all the time. He was, he was like, my, my main... I think, the, you know, I can credit him for my um, athletic development, I would call it. Because I was gifted, you know, to a certain level, definitely genetically. Like, I was, like, when I was, like, 9, 10 years old, like, I was... I was like LeBron in like minor really, league really, and really. just little league baseball. Like I was just throwing way harder. I was bigger, stronger. Right. Um, so I obviously had a bit of a genetic like upside because that's all just kind of natural. But then I mean, from the development stage of like, you know, 11, 12 years old up to college age, what it took to get there um, where, you know, there was just so much value added by him. He's a physical, you know, personal trainer, just had a background in like athletic sports weightlifting Let me ask you a question. Was he like, hey, let's go practice or were you like, pops, man, let's go crush it? How was that vibe? Yeah, it was mainly, it was kind of mainly uh, me. My, I was very driven to be, I had something intuitive in me as a kid. It just one, it felt natural and I felt good at it naturally, right, which right. makes, helps you enjoy it. Mm -hmm. But I really like, <laughs> Pass the blowtorch over here. Thank you, bro. Thank um, you, man. I'm fucking here struggling. Oh yeah, is it not working? The thing? Not like this. Um, yeah. Ooh. Go for it. There you go. But yeah, want, should we punch back into that? What was I saying? I had a point. I was getting to. It was. You uh, were saying no. So, uh, oh, about a super important point about your dad. Yeah, yeah. So I was, I was definitely naturally inclined for baseball. Let's call it. But then I also just. I was enjoying myself so much on the field that I also kind of had this, I don't know why, but I had it as a kid where I just, I felt as though I could make it my career. I felt like it was a meal ticket. I wanted it. No one was telling me like, you know, mm -hmm. my parents weren't like indoctrinating that into me. Like, they, you know, I had it in me. Like this is, I, I felt like it was like the path for me and an avenue to, not that I get out like of my neighborhood or whatever, but just like had this kind of calling towards it that I knew I could be my vehicle. Um, and I don't know why now that I reflect on that mm. as, as an adult, but as a kid, I had that. You had, because you have, I think you have, as I study, right? You have very special qualities because guys that look like you aren't smart. 
Mm. And you're like a smart, like you got, I don't know how, I don't know if it's the Rhode Island thing, I don't know, whatever, right? Because I always say, growing up in Miami, we're at a disadvantage from everybody up north, bro. Like, we're RIQ and our stuff is below, right? Because we're doing other things. But when did you notice you were a smart dude? Um, shit, man. I, I definitely, again, I think it was, I was genetically like you know as a kid i was pretty inclined to do well in school and it was like again wasn't super indoctrinated my parents were like do your work and you know interestingly enough like it was kind of a means to an end and i'll kind of explain that like i wasn't passionate about learning i wish i was as passionate as i am now i feel like most people probably feel this way as an adult i'm a much more passionate and in a space to be hungry and thirsty for new knowledge, information, learning. And at, what do you like learning about? Like, what do you like learning about? Main, my, my main, what I'm driven towards now is just because I'm on this vibe is just like universal truths. I'm super into spirituality, um, how to optimize myself, how to improve myself. Also just, you know, I'm less interested in the history, like, you know, history in the terms of like this this you know the topic in school and more so in like the world the history of the universe and just like the world and how i feel as though when i read i'm like i'm adding layers to myself i'm adding i'm adding value to myself what and, value like what so you're here you're a guy that and you're very you're like a very polite guy also mm, well, you know what i'm saying you, like, like you're very like you you have a demeanor about you because you you talk about things like like i said but me and you were talking we'd be like bro we were fucking shit up when we were in our 20s yeah. fucking bitches here and there whatever yeah. right? but you kind of like talk about it and you go but that was back then like you want to like hey guys yeah, there, yeah. there's an asterisk behind it right yeah. like it ain't cool it's cool but not now right yeah so it's very proper about you right so as you try to better yourself or what or learn mm. what are you learning yeah um man there's so much i've learned um that i you know when i talk about the 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 guy the era in the 20s and mm -hmm. who i was and mike stud even or even mike the baseball player um i think there's one major thing in the universe really or in human life that's so important and it's like experiential wisdom i call it when you experience things and that's really a big part of what growing up is right you know, um, but in regards to learning, my some of the favorite things I've learned is just how to reflect properly, how to respond properly. Why am I the way I am? Why peel back the layers of like, instead of just accepting my emotions and my thoughts as who I am, um, you know, the spiritual aspect of life has really taught me to kind of sit behind it and view my thoughts, view my feelings, view my emotions, understand them. And then from understanding them comes awareness and from awareness comes change. Right. I've changed so much about how I respond to the world, how I respond to the bad things that happen in the world or to me, you know? Um, there's a wisdom that comes from just enlivening your spirit and, you know, this is a totally different version of me and I am an example of change and I do think that's powerful and that's why I, I can only share on the internet what's real to me and, and really who I am. That's the whole, that's the whole recipe. No, I, that's the I recipe that. for me yeah, and how yeah, I yeah. got here. I, I love that. Just, mm. Do you think your baseball career would have been better if you would have had that mullet and beard when you played? 
Definitely. Dude, that would have been so sick, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's a no-brainer. Brody, wait, they would have came out of the bullpen and we see a dude with uh, that mullet and that beard. Probably would have added a few MPHs to the fastball. Dude, that's too, 98 you know? easily, bro, yeah. easily. As a guy that lost his hair, I celebrate that, buddy. Yeah. So congratulations well, thank on you, that. Sir. I hope it stays thick, man. Thank you, I, sir. I hope so, too. Man. I used to have it wavy like that. I used to, I used to go like this. Look, forever, When did it go bro. for you? Dude, so I started... My sophomore year, I started taking steroids. Uh-huh. I'm here in Miami, so I'm like, fuck, I'm going to start juicing up. I'm going to get it going. Yeah. And I think I took like dirty sipinate or some shit. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I came back, I was 20 years old. Mm-hmm. And at the time here, the cool haircut was a flat top. That was like, but like a cool flat top. Yeah, yeah, the fade. And the fade flat top, right? And I'm sitting there and the barber, the old cool guy, like everything, these motherfuckers, goes to me, he's doing my hair, and he looks down, and you know, I'm pretty tall. You know, you don't see the top of your head, and you yeah. don't ever, like, look in mirrors and say whatever. He goes to me in Spanish, he goes, oh, bro, tu te estás quedando capo, which is like, bro, you're going bald, super loud, so the whole fucking place hears it. I'm like, oh, my God. And my dad's cue ball, bald, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brother, and when I saw that, and no one has had more issues with their hair, mm-hmm. Than me because, bro, when I went to LA, I decided, here's a funny story since you brought that up. You're going to like the story. So me and The Rock had the same acting coach, a guy by the name of Aaron Spicer, who ironically became famous because he's the one that got Will Smith. So the, the Wayne brothers, he started with the Wayne brothers. Then he got Jennifer, made her J-Lo. And then he started working with Will Smith, whatever. And when he, and I'm a guy. And what does he do exactly? Acting coach. He's an acting, acting coach. coach. He's like the yeah, acting yeah, coach. Yeah, yeah. And I've always struggled with identity issues. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I'm a guy that even though you have certain swag or whatever, when you grew up in the, in the 90s and your dad's beating the shit out of you mm-hmm. and you don't have a car, you don't have any freedom. Because there's some people like, yeah, my dad was a dick, but at least he didn't care if I came in and around. Or, hey, my dad was a dick, but he was never around. My dad was the worst. I'm going to be around 24-7. I want you next to me. I'm going to be cheap as fuck, and I'm going to beat your ass when something... There's literally no escape, right? And I always wanted to be somebody else. Mm-hmm. And, and something that's very important to you is being yourself, and you've always dialed into being that guy. Yeah. My thing is very weird because I used to... I've never done drugs, nothing against drugs, mm-hmm. and I've never drank in my life, mm-hmm. right? So my way of flexing was chicks. Mm-hmm. So I would fit in with, oh, look look at the piece I got, bro. And I was very generous. It's not like I was like, hey, this is my girl. No, no, hey, for everybody. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You're facilitating. Super, super chill, super whatever, right? But I sat there, talking about hair, and I did the surgery. So I have this scar, the happy face in the back of my head. Because mm-hmm. I go, no, I go to get surgery, and I'm going to be like that guy. You ever, you ever seen Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo? Yeah. The guy with the long hair. I go, that's how I'm going to be. I'm going <laughs> to ponytail it, whatever. Yeah. And, bro, you got to take Propecia, Pro Scar, mm. whatever. The mistake I made, Mike, was... I tried to be like everybody else. Mm -hmm. Something you haven't done. Mm -hmm. I came and I was like, oh, all these guys have full set of hair. And agents would tell me, no, no, you can't be a bald leading guy, whatever, whatever. And here's a funny story, bro. I think you look, I I hate to cut you you off, but I think you got a great great shaped head for a bald head. Some guys can't do it. But look how it is, right? Look how crazy it is. No, and here's the funny part, and I appreciate that. (laughs) Who's the number one actor in the world right now? Highest paid guy. Who's the number one social media guy? The Rock. What kind of haircut does he have? Fucking bald. He's fucking bald, right? So Aaron told The Rock... Because he told me, he told The Rock, because at that time, when I was taking class with him, I was jacked. I was like, really jacked. And the guy goes to me, listen, man, when I started working with Dwayne, he started the movie called, I think it's Get Shorty with Travolta and stuff like that, where he made him drop all this weight. Mm-hmm. 
made him completely different person. And the rod said, fuck you. I'm going to be myself. And look what happened. Mm -hmm. Look at me. At the end of the day, I'm a better bald guy than yeah. I was here. I used to put topics in my hair. I'd be fucking kung fuing chicks because they were, you know, like I couldn't dive in a pool. <laughs> like if I would dive in the pool, <laughs> done, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I celebrate guys like you. Oh, and you. I don't think too many people have the understanding how important Mike is right now, bro. All this to say, do you feel that at all, man? Do you feel like, dude, I'm not, not, not that I'm so important, but man, I got a movement here that I can really lead. Yeah. Um, first off, well, thank you. And, and you know, I, what I can say is it's been a brick, like brick by brick, step by step process to, to get to the level where, you know, other people you know other people can notice and, and take notice of like what we got going on and it and um it is special man i i definitely i give it a, it has a special importance to me um and i lead my life with that intention you know i i the universe or whoever's watching or just to myself even my own spirit like i show up every day for it you know i don't i don't Go to the F1, like you said, you pointed out. Like, I love that, by the way. The only fucking, the only famous guy in Miami, I didn't fucking go to F1. It's <laughs> you, bro. And I love that. Yeah. I love that. No, you know, like, what? I, that's what I mean by show up for it. Like, it has my attention. You know, I have a very interesting approach to creativity. That's why the setup is the setup. The studios, there's a few studios in the house. It's one downstairs, there's one upstairs. When inspiration comes, I show up. You so know? inspiration comes, like, let's say you're out here. You're oh, tanning yeah. and you're like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Boom. Let me go. Yeah, yeah. And I and what you just <laughs> what you just said is very, very, very much so valid. Like I'll, you know, when I talk about the spiritual importance of my life, like it's it's just done so much for me as a creative, um, where I feel like ideas are downloaded. Yeah. You know, like I don't even take credit for the idea per se. You know, I, I think I, I'm in a space where I'm able to receive ideas. I don't know where they come from. So I, they like melodies pop in my head and I can't really, it's, it feels odd to take credit for that as if it's mine. I feel as though it comes through me and that's, that's how creativity feels to me. And that's why I live my life this way. And really what I mean by showing up is just like, my life revolves around this. I'm available for anything that happens to my family, friends, myself, life happens. I, I'm so free flowing. I have no schedule um, and things come up all the time that need to be attended to valid and I'll show up for those. Otherwise I'm living my life in a way to be consistently creatively available. And um, yeah. And like in regards to your question, um, I, I, I know what we have going on is special and it's rare and I'm just trying to, I'm trying to, make the most of the opportunity. Do you know um, why it's special and rare? Do you have an idea why? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think there's a lot of different interpretations. You know, I think it's a rare, it's rare in general to be able to create something and create a community of people where, you know, you have, you have steam like I have, or, or, you know, like everyone's living, everyone's has their own human experience. And the fact that there's a bunch of people out there that connect with me to a point where they want to support me and show up to the shows or listen to the music consistently, that's, that's special and rare in itself. Right, right, right. And then to take it another step further in the rare department is just like 
to do it totally left of the industry and never say yes to the man and like they it's, they say sell out you know or sell your soul or anything like that you know i don't know if it's that important like to say sell your soul but i really do my soul my soul shines through this completely and it's completely unbothered and there's nothing in the way of it and i think that's why another aspect of why I feel so special and, or rare and, and why I think it's an opportunity and why I live the way I do, you know? And you also, you don't get a guy that thinks like you that has talent. Because usually people that think this way are like lost. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they're like, yeah, great, but bro, you got talent, right? Yeah. So that's, to me, that's the equalizer. Yeah. Because usually there's guys that are talented that fucking suck as human beings mm -hmm. and you got great dudes with no talent. So they kind of got to invent. You're in a special spot. Thank you, man. You got both, and they're I, right there together. I right? will say, like, <clears throat> those are the type of uh, compliments or, or accolades. I'll call them an accolade coming from another person to feel that way and to see it. That's the shit. Oh, we lost our ball. That's the shit that matters to me. Thank you, sir. And uh, if I'm being totally honest, it's, um, it's what makes me feel good about being here and doing what I'm doing. Like if I, if I was a fraud and like none of the, I walked out of the room and everyone I was with was like, fuck that guy. Like, and I didn't have any real love, like real love with my family and friends or even real love with the fans. Like I have real connections with right, a lot of fans. Right. I've been doing this for a long time. If I, was, if I knew I was being a fraud, I just feel like your soul doesn't let you rest there. Like there's something else in your life that will fall off the hinges. You won't be able to sleep at night. Your health will decay. I'm able to sleep at night because I feel as though, like I said, like I, I do, I am very much connected to the essence of what you just said. Like, that's really what matters. You know what I mean? To keep improving as a person and getting more successful financially, financially or tangibly, like, hey, look at my Grammys on the wall. Look at this mansion. Look at the cars or look at the women. You know, like those are tangible successes, you could say, like right on paper, you could see them. And I almost value the intangibles more, man. Like I wear the same shit every day. I don't, you know, I, I have no one to impress, but what's, what is like, I'm impressing myself with being on a journey towards betterment and being good to people. You're not you at know? the Gucci store, right? No, I'm not, man. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. And, and not to say- There's nothing so, against that. I, I, you know, I see value, like, I, I understand when you dress nice and you, you feel good about right, it, right, it, right, it right. helps. Right. And, and I also think people have their own tastes and interests. Like, it's- No, but so, you do you very well. Yeah, you one person you. loves steak, another person yeah. likes chicken. It's not a yeah. big deal, you know? What like, are you, a steak or chicken guy? Both. Both? Uh, what kind of steak do you like? Um. Well, fuck, man. I, I I'm not like a I'm not like a uh, a steak connoisseur in in regards. No, like, not like that. But what do you like? If you order a steak, like an example, yeah, like, yeah, like a classic a Cuban fillet. steak, fillet. Is that fillet? palomilla. Like yeah, like the, the lean one. That's yeah, like yeah, classic, lean. You know, yeah, with rice and you've had rice and beans yep. and plantains. You yeah, like that? yeah, yeah. It's good. I, I like. Uh, I'm like a huge. In the last four or five years, like I love most of my meals are steak, chicken, rice. Like I'm. Yeah. I like. I like another aspect of like betterment that I think is like actually super, super slept on. I think it's becoming more apparent. Just like take, making better choices on what you're eating. I mean, like I used to eat like a, whatever the fuck I well, wanted. That's what, that's what we're at, bro. Literally play baseball, go to McDonald's, crush yeah, it, yeah. eat four burgers in between games, like, let's go. You learn like, 
Man, you learn. There, there's more inflation. There, oh, inflation in the body. Inflammation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there's. I was living with extreme, extremely high levels of inflammation in my body due to you know abuse of alcohol, and just like traveling, constantly getting off a flight, going stage, drinking a bunch of beers, fucking waking up next to the strength. You know, just like this lifestyle, right? And a huge key. Just understanding, like my, you know, my health, what was going on, my gut health. So yeah, like, bro, I'm a chicken, steak, rice, greens guy most days. And look at you, look at. But we, we, we don't. I'm definitely not perfect. Like we, no, you know, but your trajectory has been real interesting, man. Because it's the baseball stuff, it's the artist. I think you're a phenomenal podcaster. Thank you. Like your interview style, it's interesting because rarely do. Guys that interview guys in your position don't interview other people. Yeah, yeah. They're too busy being themselves. But you're really fucking good at it, right? Because you're Thank yourself you, and you come up with good questions and with yeah. your boys and stuff like that, right? And it's interesting because let's take let's take Christian Yellick for an example, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know him personally, but I know him because he played for the Marlins. Mm-hmm. So I saw him grow up, right? Yeah. When I played, I my problem was I tried to hit like Bryce Harper. I'm not a home run guy. I'm a big guy, but I don't. I'm, I'm a Christian Yellick guy, which used to, which wasn't sexy, till he becomes the MVP. Yeah, and signs the big deal. Oh, see how being yourself is, right? Yeah, you being yourself, bro. And I'll go back to that. Did you get that from pops? Did you get that from your parents? Were you like, bro, I'm good enough as it is. I fit in. How, how did you get that? It's been a journey to here, man. Um, my 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 parents are very authentic people. Um, I'm, I'm fucking super lucky. And I think growing up is realizing if you're fucking lucky, like, I don't know. I think that's where the humble aspect comes from or just where humility comes from is like, I could have had shitty parents. I could have had a- No, you know of course, I mean? like, man, of course. Just, I'm inspired by people like yourself though. Like seriously, that like you have, you have tough breaks and you just fucking manage it and you handle it. Like, yeah, I think that's a part of being a human being is there's ups and downs and highs and lows, but there's no way you, you can't argue that like some people don't have harder, tangible battles to face. No, and you know especially I mean? you, because right now, do we have a little, oh, you're the man. This guy we got to keep, buddy. Uh, he, this, this guy's the fucking man. I know. He's the guy. Big shout out. We got to give a shout out to Pomp too. Our way, Pomp, man. Yeah, yeah, for We got to sure. shout him up. Pomp's the man. Pomp's the guy. Because, I'm about to link with him soon. Yeah? Yeah. Has a suit. suit. You gonna, he's going to come here or you going to go to his spot? I'm going to go to his spot, yeah. Nice. It's right there in Brickles. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's the best. You, because it's so funny what you said, because right now in the era of, oh, I'm white privilege or whatever, mm-hmm. right? It's interesting because we've totally separated humans in general mm-hmm. we're like oh you got blue eyes you, you should you, you have no feelings bro you don't count right? right and that sucks and i'm in the i'm in the vibe or the thing of dude let's celebrate what this guy's done mm. let's take a moment here to understand yeah. that dudes like this don't come across super like this ain't like hey bro you who's the next i can't name five guys like you you can't you cannot right thank you brother so as you project yourself and one of your biggest turns was i really, really saw who you were during COVID when you were doing the beer pong thing. Yeah. I go, this dude's blowing up with this thing. Like, this thing is yeah, really yeah. hitting. And then obviously hanging out with Post Malone, whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. The fact that you said you have like three songs or a bunch of songs with that dude mm-hmm. isolated somewhere in the in Bitcoin <laughs> ether somewhere, <laughs> right? In crypto world, yeah. right? 
It goes to show you how much credit you have and in patience and the process and in friendship or whatever because anybody else calls that dude up and says, listen, bro. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck's going on here. Let's leak this shit. <laughs> Can you do me a favor? Can you look the other way for about a month? Yeah. Right? Yeah. But you don't do that. Yeah. Why not? Shit, man. Um, I don't know. I, I think I came to a realization pretty quick, um, especially in LA and then maybe making, you know, I, not making mistakes, but just being young and eager and then you know, you're in LA and you kind of see how eager everyone is and everyone's driven by like this greater force and it's really just popularity, attention, fame. And and uh, I don't know, I just feel as though all the most fruitful things in my life are just done the right way, the step-by-step way. Um, never really been some, as much as I might have wanted it to happen, my life or the universe has always kind of taught me to to uh, allow the things to flow in your life. I love that, bro. I'm the reverse, man. I have had to bulldoze. You mentioned that you bulldoze things through. I've bulldozed, like Coach HP has had to like bulldoze through. If we would have done this, we were supposed to do this interview uh, Good Friday. Mm-hmm. Remember you were yeah. at that other spot. Yeah. I was going to bring my chicken. That almost cost me my marriage. I said, babe, <laughs> <laughs> babe we're going to come Good Friday. We're going to put one camera there. Yeah. I have this j- jacked up DSLR that after 15 minutes, yeah. you know, yeah. because to me now, yeah. because I had nothing growing up, mm-hmm. I like, I don't know how to let things come to me. Mm-hmm. So everything to me is like, if you would have told me, listen, bro. We're going to do this, but we're going to have to go on a tree on, on the biggest mission of the world. 99% of people go, I don't know, bro. That yeah. meant to be me. I'm like, oh, that's the sign. Let's go for <laughs> that's it. That's an amazing quality. Like, what I, a lot of this shit that I say, well, it's a journey to hear, is like, I really wasn't like this ever. I really wasn't. I was, and, and I do think, like, that's, an, a, that's a quality of, like, why I even arrived here. I used to be the exact same way. Like I didn't grow up, I grew up very middle class. Like um, always, I don't know, you, you kind of hinted towards it or like I think you get the gist of it. It's like underappreciated and under the radar is how I've been the entire time. And you could look at it objectively and be like, the fuck are you talking about, bro? Like you played baseball at Duke and you- No, we're I mean, talking about apples to apples, not yeah, apples to Yeah, like but what I'm saying world. is like, I was from Rhode Island and no one really thought I'd ever play division one. Like mm-hmm. there's not, there's maybe one or two, maybe sometimes there's a few guys that make it out of there, but um, it's always been like, I was never the highly touted recruit. And then in, in, in music, I've always been the odd man out. Like I was kind of like a jock doing it. They wrote me off as like a college guy. Oh, this is college music. Mike, when you like, saw that, right? Same as in pitching, same as, a, oh, the jock guys, guys in 8080s bullshit up there, yeah. right? What did you tell yourself? Where did, cause some people that are the most masculine people in the world are like, oh my God, they're right. Whatever. Yeah. But you, what did you tell yourself? Because this is what I care about. What did you tell yourself where you're like, nah, fuck these motherfuckers. I got this. Yeah, it was actually like a same, the same bone in my body that made me like a bulldog pitcher. Um, just bulldog it, like bootstrap it. I, I, I literally like, I, I showed up in the studio every day and learned and just got better and better and better. Like I, I record myself. I do it all myself. You do voice training? Nah, I just You're like lucky, bro. Yeah, lucky like I, I, I definitely have the way I feel like it works, or at least what my life is showing to me as the truth is just like 
there's hidden nuggets and golden nuggets in everybody's DNA and everybody's life. And it's just like not missing those opportunities. And what I, what I mean by that is like, I got injured. I was, it was my first experience with like true hardship, right? I was always kind of fast on this pace in my life that- No, you were, you were gonna be a top draft pick. You were going in the first round. It was coming to fruition. If you look at a guy who was a freshman, to have a one point something ERA, yeah. As a closer, Division One with an aluminum bat, yeah. that's a big deal. Yeah, I don't give a fuck what's happening. That, that you got to give yourself credit for that. You know, that's that doesn't happen, especially because the closer really doesn't exist in Division One. Yeah, yeah, right. Because usually the and they weren't using BB cores back then. Right. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So literally, dude, if you left it certain place, that thing's going 500 feet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely had something. So you know what I what I meant by like golden nuggets and people was like, yeah, I was born with this gift to play sports. I knew it innately. I knew baseball would somehow be my ticket out. I operated in that space as a kid. For whatever reason, I had that in me. Right. The same golden nugget was like, and, and I know how fucking lucky I am to have another one in there. But I did, I did have this little inclination as I was injured, like I couldn't play for a year and a half. I was 16 months out for Tommy John. All my boys were traveling every weekend to go play, you know, Clemson or North Carolina or whatever. And I'm alone in the house. I had this weird intuitive feeling to, to record some music. Right. And um, man, I had some beginner's luck. Like I, one of the first songs I recorded went a little viral. Like, I don't know how I'd- No, big no viral. Plan. No, big viral, big yeah, viral. Yeah. yeah, I had no, relatively. I mean, I, had, I just had no plan. I can't take credit for some plan for this, you know? But what I can say is once I realized I had a little something here, it was a gift. I don't know why I at least knew how to control my voice to a certain extent. I had innately had a little gift with words to writing. It just felt like this obvious next thing to nourish. The same right. way I nourished my baseball ability and I elevated my baseball ability with showing up. I showed up for this and I, I really did. When when I could have been partying and fucking off when I first got money and yeah, we were partying and fucking off still, but I was I was literally- You were working, no, you were working. I was always working. ending up yeah. in the studio. I yeah. was working through that. That's was, part of the work. Listen, I was you're singing and people are into you. Hey, that's, part of, that's one of the perks yeah. of this thing, you know? It really was, it was a wave. Like I was squeezed the juice out of the rooms yeah. I was in with with like the girls around or the party at my house and capturing those, the essence of those feelings into the music. I did that really well, but I, I, I it's been 10 years of like, I never, I've never taken a break. Bro. Man, you're my, still so young and you're still my so My studio's young, in the bro. house, yeah. like I, I'm working all the time and I do feel as though I have felt the aha moments in my, in my being where like I knew I was improving and I knew what I wanted to sound like and I was finally executing it, you know? Oh, executing big time. Mike, what have you learned as a podcaster, bro? Because mm. you've interviewed people. There's a rhythm to it. What's your take on the podcast world? Obviously, you're a guest, like you're here, but you have your own. What's your vibe on that? Um, I got to say, man, like, it feels therapeutic. You know, like, in today's day and age and how my life is, I feel like I'm a little short on time most days. I want more of it. And I do feel as though real genuine conversations where everyone, all distractions are ruled out. It's kind of an anomaly. It's kind of a special thing. Right. And I realized that I would get, I would get clarity on things just from having conversations, you know, and, and I've learned to listen a lot better because I'm, 
I had no practice, I did it. And if you look back in the beginning, it was coming from a place of insecurity or even just not knowing how to do it yet, but I had a thought, so I wanted to get it out versus just like letting you bring the next thought to me. And, you know, we're gifted, our gifts from God or whoever is one mouth, two ears, you know? You're supposed to listen twice as much as talk. And and I do feel as though I've developed into being a better listener, even in my own personal relationships, just through kind of like this experience of doing podcasting. And, you know, again, I'm not full-time podcaster. It's not my main thing, I, but I love it. And I it's something I want to continue just because I think it brings value to people. I, I also feel, I've also known, like, so the podcast, I started it because I was killing off Mike Stud, and I couldn't talk about it publicly yet because I knew I had to build the sound. The sound had to be different. Right. I wanted to make different sound now, music. As a as an amateur, right? Yeah. Woosaw, is that Mike or Mike Stud? That's Who, Mike. Which, yeah. That's awesome. yeah, it's all Mike shit. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome, right? But no, there was some Mike Stud stuff before, yes. right? Mike Stud was more, that's and that's very difficult to do because if you look at Mike Stud, Mike Stud has views in the million, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Even though this is, better fits your character whatever so a lot of people would be like fuck that man i'm gonna stay dancing hey yeah, chicks in yeah. bikinis and the yeah, whole thing yeah. right i love that your video style is vlog style mm -hmm. i love that you do the concerts i love that you prove obviously you have so much juice that you don't need to you don't need lights you don't need bullshit you don't yeah. need some dickhead director going all right girls go here Mike, yeah. bring out the flag behind bullshit right you, you yeah. just you, you right which is awesome, bro. That's yeah. that's that. There's no formula here that I go out ah, there. That'll lose. That'll lose. I think everything's a win. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it, man. And it's to be honest, it's fairly calculated um, in the sense of like being uncalculated is calculated for me. Mm. If that makes any sense. Oh yeah. Like I, j I can just I know what I think is cheesy or what I think isn't right. So really, that's what every artist or every creator is trying to do. It's just make shit that is exactly it's transparent it's like it, it translates easily into content like i'm not doing anything different than what i'm already doing and that's my content if that makes any sense this all makes sense to me the way we're doing it it all this era in my last two three years of like everything just makes sense that is the brand it's perfectly imperfect mm -hmm. it's it's truly authentic and and um posing for anything whether it's a conversation it's a post it's a podcast it's a music video posing and setting anything up is just lame to me it's just and at least for me for my brand when I, i'm not saying it's lame for other yeah, people yeah, to yeah, do. Of course, you yeah. know what i mean like just for me like the whole thing this stands for is just like if you're independent and I'll, and I'll keep the music industry talk to a minimum, really. But Dude, it's you like, talk all you want, bro. Yeah, it's like... Being, <laughs> How about the next hours on the music industry? <laughs> <laughs> being independent musically means, like, you're not going to get promoted and thrown marketing into people's face, really. I mean, social media is doing a great job of giving a, a vantage yeah, point the to the independent course, creator. But for the most part, what I'm saying, the essence of what independent musician or creator is 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 there had just has to be a connection between the consumer and the person what right what you got yeah and that that comes with authenticity i think human to human like 
human A can tell subconsciously if human B, or at least is trying to tell if human B is full of shit or that not. That gives a fuck. No, you could tell because like I watch you, I watch people's stuff and you can't lie. I watch how they post and I watch their strategy, right? Mm -hmm. And I see you after the show and it's, it's the problem with politics now because politics now almost seem like, oh, wait a minute, there's a minority? Bro, let's get this minority here. Hey, you, raise your hand. Hey, look at me talking to minority. Cool, cool, right? But you sit there, which is more work, after a thing, bro, and you're signing hats. Mm -hmm. And you're signing and you're signing and you're signing. Yeah. That's, not, that's hard to do after you've performed. Yeah. Oh, that's not easy, bro. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there's a time and you got to be somewhere, whatever. And the fact that you had to be transparent now with what a, I love how you handled, you had some adversity with your team, you dealt with it in a certain way. And I told you off thing, and I'll tell you that now. You gave an example of how to deal with stuff that you don't want to deal, right? It's super uncomfortable. Yeah. You had, you had your fans buy a hat, buy a shirt. They're expecting it doesn't even show up. So the way you handle that, I think that was top notch, bro. Thank you, bro. I'll give you credit for that. Yeah, I mean, shit happens, right? Life happens, and, and uh, it's unfortunate what happened. Um, but at the same time, you could argue it, it's fortunate yeah. because I have an understanding and I have clarity on one, what was going on with the back end of mm -hmm. my business because it, it didn't make sense to me. Numbers were very lopsided, let's say. Um, and then secondly, just like getting closure on some of the bad feelings I had about this for a while or this person. Um, and then three, a clear path towards repairing the relationship that's been damaged. What I was saying about being an independent artist is like the relationship with these people, your fan base, is literally make or break. Like, it's not like, hey, I'm fucking A-list celebrity, so fuck all you guys, I'm not signing anything. I'm, I gotta get on the jet, I'm right? Out. But either way, I'm gonna be on the late night show tonight and I'm gonna be on the fucking radio for the next 90 days. It, with or without you guys liking me personally, I'm off to the races. Fuck yeah, you guys. Yeah, I'm winning. I'm winning. There's no such thing in my world. So the one of the more painful aspects of this situation was realizing, how, you know, opening my eyes, let's say, to how much damage has been done. And when I think about it across the, let's just say, empire for the sake of what it is, right? Like there's multiple multiple revenue streams in this mic world that we're living in and where that it's been damaged. Most of the consumers have had some type of negative experience with purchasing something from my businesses. Mm -hmm. It's damaging and it's like, what that does generally is like, yeah, people might be like, uh, you know, I, f I fuck with Mike's music, but like, I ain't fucking, they don't know how to do business or whatever it is. Like whatever, there's, I can't quantify how many people that are fans of mine or consumers of mine that had a bad experience that just like, you know what, fuck it, I'm not buying anymore. But I'll like, give you a second chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like, you know, it's just like, once you take people's money, it's a different thing. But I love how you hold accountable and you put a post and you put several of them saying, listen, if you bought something, whatever, yeah. show us proof. We're going to yeah. get that shit to you ASAP. And yeah. I'm going to come out and be on and I'll sign and stuff. That's that's super customer service orientated because when you only got five fans, it's easier, right? But when yeah. you have 500,000 or in the millions, like where you're at, whatever, 
that's hard to keep yeah. that that consistency. Can't tell you how much time I was spent doing customer service because I was aware of what was going on to a certain extent. Right. I wasn't aware at the volume. Right. But I would get some trickle down because people like my fans are so cool. They're like, yo, they're not they're really trying to bother me about this. The whole reason this person was in the in the fold is just because like, man, I manage my I have a tiny team. The people living yeah, in the house. Yeah, you're on top of everything. It ain't like... Uh, so it's like... And I also job. had a checks and balance. Like, I had an accounting firm who was just taking this guy's word as bond and not doing yeah, the due diligence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I also had a checks and balance, but I didn't... I wanted to empower somebody that I've known for a long time, and I wanted to... To win. And yeah, I wanted him to win, win. one. But two... Like, he's the only guy in my immediate group that had any wherewithal in regards to web design, any wherewithal in regards to creative design for clothing, any wherewithal in regards to just e-commerce structure. So the obvious choice in my group, ironically, like I'm trying to make decisions, you know, I'm very cautious about, I've never done a record deal. I'm very cautious about partnering with people. I've had tons of friends with money want to invest. I've never taken it because I, I just... If I'm going to do that, it has to be truly organic and truly, um, I guess, what's the word? Digestible, like a digestible version of like, hey, here's what your money is worth. Here's why you owning 30% of these songs will give you a million dollars of value in right. X amount of years, right. which is what I'm in the process of doing. I'm building something really interesting with a group of the same people that found what was going on with this guy. Right. It's the new team that I'm bringing on to create this infrastructure where like, I don't hire a manager, which is what every artist hires. I'm, I, I'm hiring a COO, chief of operations to back end my, all the businesses. And even in the music side, taking it a step further, like I lost the ball again, taking Walking it a step ball. further. Can you throw the ball when you get a chance everybody? Taking it a step further to like, truly understand the economics of the mm -hmm. music industry and then creating it in a way to where now I can take investments. My whole enterprise is valued. Here's, right, right. here's what, oh, oh, oh wow. We're making, <laughs> should we audible? <laughs> Sorry about that, no, bro. all good, all good. Sorry about that. But I'm making something, I'm making this, this version of, of, I guess, music industry economics right. and creating this, this strategy towards being able to take private, like imagine, imagine a publicly traded artist. That's you, yeah, like an NFT, bro. Like think you about, an well, NFT. Even, yeah, even just like the idea of, of just structuring the artist in that sense, the business of the artist right. in that sense is something I'm working on. And it's really like, you know, when, getting back to the point is just like, I'm really, you know, cautious about bringing people on when you take people's money and then they're involved and what i've really tried to cultivate here is just independence meaning i don't have to answer to anyone i don't have any schedules that aren't mine yeah, yeah, yeah. those are so important to me so having this person in this position um you know i had him there albeit underqualified because i didn't want to let people in that weren't in i didn't want to bring you know, other people that are, would be new right. into right. this close into the right. nucleus. Right, right. Ironically. Look who got it. But what I was, okay. yeah, what okay. I was, you know, what is trying to protect myself from, um, you know, happened, happened directly in that scenario. And you know what? That's another lesson learned. Like, 
it's okay to change your mind about ideas. Like my company is called For the Homies. Mm -hmm. Like my, my, all my, For the Homies Ventures, For the Homies Records, For the Homies Apparel. My whole business model, my whole approach to this was to do it with your friends. Like the bullpen, buddy. Do it with your buddies. Like the bullpen, yeah. Yeah, do it with your buddies. And like, I know the fucking saying, like, don't do business with friends and family. Well, unless you're LeBron, that worked for him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, and it's worked for me. I'm not going to let this this bad experience define my outlook. But I also can say, yeah, I, I, I held that. I held doing it with the homies too close to my heart and made some, and it bled into being a little too lenient, a little too passive, and maybe valuing like, hey, I want to do it with my core group of guys, valuing that a little bit more than what was best for, what the, was company. Best for the company. You, 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 mentioned, I mean? you mentioned being, uh, we talked about being a dad, right? Yeah. What about your parents would you, would you like to instill in your kids? What yeah. about your parents? Selflessness. Um, both my mom and dad had very, two very different people, but they, that's, they just are selfless people. They just, they just, um, and my mom's a little different than my dad personality wise, but you know, they both just shined through when I think back about the past, like they just cared so much about us and what we wanted, uh, my sister and I. You and your sister, yeah. Yeah, and just like trying to protect us and bring as much value as they can. I mean, again, you know, they made they made enough to fucking make sure we felt so comfortable as yeah, kids, yeah, yeah. and that's such a gift, you know. To such a gift to give to your kids is just comfort, meaning like they feel secure and safe to be themselves and and to chase their passions. And um, I would say selflessness is like something that I've adopted as what I want to be more and more of, and. It is challenging as an artist because being an artist is kind of a selfish position. It's like, you got your team, like, yo, can you get me this? Can you get me that? Like, I have to go. And, and it's just, there's validity to some of those things that right. you ask of your right. people around you. But it's also like, I don't want to live this selfish existence either. And I, and I also have learned, which is like, if you pay attention to my social media, it's like really what I'm trying to share because it's what's true to me is like, being selfless is actually kind of selfish. And I'll, I'll explain, it's like, I live by some of the shit that I think moves the universe and, and is universal truths, I call them. It's just like, the more you give, the more you get, man. And like, it might not come in such an X, you know, X plus Y equals Z or whatever. What I'm trying to say is like, it comes in other ways through your existence. And the more you're willing to give with nothing expected, the more willing you are to be present, even just with your time, to give your time to somebody and give your, give your ear to somebody. Um, I think those are the people that continuously find a way to win. I know you talk about being a positive, one of the most positive people on the internet. And to be honest, it's kind of what attracted me to even having you here. Right. You know, right. like I, 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 I just see so much value and positivity and, you know, somebody like yourself who's had, you know, you had a, a father who treated you the way he did. And to, you know, we talked off camera how much you value being a dad yourself and being leaning positive, man. I don't know. I, I just, I know what happened in my life when I started to wire myself towards positivity. How were your parents with discipline? They were, they were, 
they were they were pretty tough. Because what what I'm noticing is, so I get about, dude, I get about a thousand DMs a week with parents in problems with their kids, mm -hmm. right? Especially, and you're not in the little league world. I yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. So especially moms that like single moms or like last week I had a call with a mom. But unfortunately, her husband died when she was pregnant with their third kid. Mm. Uh, three boys, like three months, like, or he was born like three months. So serious stuff, right? Yeah. And what's happened is your dad, now us as dads, we're so into, hey, we're buddies, whatever, whatever, that we forget the discipline part, right? Yeah. Which is the number one thing, yeah. right? Uh, discipline. So your parents, that's why I have respect for you and your parents because you're, you're structuring a way like, ah, my dad was the best, bro. Here's the key to the car, bro. Here's a yeah, hundred yeah. bucks. Go crush it. Yeah. He's like, no, 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 bro. You look, you fucked up. So when you would fuck up, right? Mm -hmm. You got popped. Something. How would your parents deal with that? Would they pull you aside and say, listen, bro. No, they would punish me. They, punish they would punish me. They but would... would they say it in a cool way where you're not like, I hate you and leave or yeah, how would no, they do that? Because that's the secret right there. Yeah, no, they, they, my mom was more the disciplinarian vocally. My dad's a quiet guy. Um, but, you know, they, they put their foot down if I was ever out of line. They, they um, I think, I think in, in the parenting situation, it's just like, do you want your kid to like you now or like you later? There's a saying that goes, if you raise your kids, you get to hang out with your grandkids, right? Mm. If you raise, if you spoil your kids, you get to raise your grandkids. Mm. Think about that, mm. right? That's a cool point. And, and one of the things that, because I started to analyze, I go, man, why am I so liked by these kids while being the most disciplined guy in the world? Because I would set the tone right away. Yeah. Like I'd be like, listen, which this is the biggest pandemic that's happening right now is parents, especially moms, carrying their kids' equipment. That like drives me yeah, crazy, yeah. bro. Like I do a post every, every Saturday, I'm in a different park. Look, there's another parent, whatever, whatever. Because you cannot raise nah. a warrior you can't expect the kid to get out of the car. And it's always the same vibe. The parent, five steps ahead of the kid. The little kid's like, la, 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 and mm. holding this, that, whatever. And the danger that they're doing. Yeah. It's just crazy, man. You know, it's, it's I can say that I, I feel as though um, the discipline, I had very, very strong-willed, kind of, in, in retrospect, like, a little abusive, like a little weirdly emotionally abusive or like maybe just like power hungry type guys. I don't know why, but I had a few of those in my lifetime, which which is fine. But what I can say is like parents included, but, you know, through being a baseball player, I, I don't know if I'm here sitting here right here talking to you, having this conversation, if I ha didn't have the discipline instilled in me through being a baseball player and baseball is a game that kind of develops your patience you know it's like there's a lot of attributes as an adult that I feel as though we're we're cultivated through playing sports growing super up super right because like I'll give you an example you right now are the, we're doing good on time yeah, good? yeah I'm chilling bro you're the you cannot go to coach hey coach I know I usually come in in the ninth can I come in in the fifth, fuck around a little bit, let me get a couple outs, come back, right? We can't do <laughs> that. Outlandish. You, you can't do that, right? That, yeah. Or you, they put you in in the fourth, you get shelled, 
You can't go, fuck, man, I didn't have it there. Let me go rewire my mind. Let me get him in the night. All these other sports, you literally, if you drop a pass in football, you can, they can throw you another pass. In basketball, you can literally steal the ball, whatever. But baseball mm. forces you to wait, sit there, and ponder life. Because even you in All-America, whatever, sometimes when you were at, was it Georgetown that you played or maybe whatever, then you were, you were thinking to yourself, while wow, you had that beautiful uniform on, what the fuck am I still doing here? Mm -hmm. By Absolutely. yourself? Absolutely. <laughs> with three cats in the stand? And you're like, what am I doing here, Absolutely. bro? Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really, really good point. I don't think I've ever heard anyone put it that way. Um, it is. It is a very interesting game. Um, I think all sports, I think that's why sports are kind of like so beloved by humans innately. It's just like millions and millions and billions of people just, whether it's this sport or that sport, there's something that it does to you. And um, yeah, that's a really good point about baseball, man. Like you can't force the ball to come to you. You got to sit there and you have to pay attention and you have to be aware, mind, body, um, be aware and be ready. And I think what I was talking about showing up for, for my ideas create, creatively, like I'm literally feel like I'm in the field and I'm like, I'm in, I'm in fielding position, like waiting for an idea to come. And if it comes, I'm going to fucking gobble it up and I'm going to fucking deliver it to first base and I'm going to get it out. And that's like how, that's literally like, if I feel as though I'm inspired to do something, I hop in and it's me just trying to be aware, like ready for the ball to come my way, you know? What was it, if you could share, what was your last inspiration that you remember? My last inspiration? Yeah. I mean, it happened fucking, it happens every day. A lot of time, like, so a lot, most of the shit that I'm talking about is, is just stuff that I know I know, it's, I know it's happening to me and I, and I can only articulate what the hell is happening to me, right? But like, the more that I spend alone time, the less shitty food and alcohol, the more time I spend in nature, the more time I spend, um, you know, having conversations that need to be had, whether it's with your friends or family or whatever, just life, right? the less I'm just in my crib on my phone or, or beating my head against the wall trying to write to a song that isn't ready to be written yet. You know what I mean? Like, I do all these things, I move my body or whatever. Like, all these things, I meditate, I journal. All of these things I feel like are putting me in a, in a creative space of readiness. I'm, my slate is clean. You could argue, oh, isn't that distracting? You could just be in the house and not focus, not go outside, not focus on anything. Don't talk to your mom if she needs to talk. The art, the art is just like my life bottled into song form. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, so right, the right. more that I'm living, that's where the inspiration is. That's the key. That's and the I don't key. really need the alcohol or like the women or like, or when I was making music about that, I was doing that. You know what I'm saying? Right, so like, right. What I can say, the one continuity through it all is, is my life is inspiring the art. You know what I mean? And it's like input and output. You know what I mean? It can't just all be output. I need input. You need input. Question. So, yeah. You had a, there was somebody that asked, uh, that asked you something about tour. Yeah. And then you told them, listen, I'm, I'm in part of a thing now, like a, like a part of festivals or whatever. Yeah. That you were going to, I don't know if it was 2024 or whatever, you're going to do the own mic tour, yep. right? Yep. Talk to me about that. Is that in the works? Is that coming? How do you think about that? Yeah, yeah. So um, 
you know, just 2021, I put out an album called The Highs. That was the first album from the rebrand from Mike Studd to Mike. And that was a big step forward. Is Rodman in that one too? Yeah, that was, on that, that, was on that album, yeah. I, my two favorite songs, by the way, is uh, Woosa mm -hmm. and, Rodman. And, and Rodman. You know, I don't, I'm a melody guy, mm -hmm. so I don't listen to words too much. Yep, but yep. the vibe of it, yep. I really like. Yep, yep, I feel that. Like you crushed that. Thank you, man. Yeah, so, you know... Um, Touring, touring has always been a huge instrument to me in regards to just like, this is an aspect of the business. I get to exercise, you know, I, I get to create revenue here, but also just exercise this connection to the fans and like these moments and these, these vibes and these rooms that make people lifelong fans, you know? So the value is always there. Um, I'm just going to, as as the popularity's grown and as I'm becoming into this kind of new view on my life and just my time, I'm just going to be very thoughtful. Like I passed on a national and international deal this year that I could have been in fucking Europe right now. But I I have more or less the beauty of my situation is that I get I get to create my schedule. And if that schedule is no schedule, which is the case a lot of the time, right. that's what's best for me. I'm not doing the ACC tournament this year, guys. Yeah. I'm sitting this yeah. one out. You guys can go play. Yeah. I'll watch it from afar. And like the Take most of the easy. industry is, is in this. The like reverse, yeah, yeah. The opposite thing that I feel like would, would, would drown me. It's the you Lauren know? Hill thing you posted today. Yeah. That was the exactly. perfect thing. Yeah, they, exactly. Listen, I'm not forcing this thing. Yeah, yeah. It's can't. I said never force a vibe. That's the easiest way to kill it, you know? Right. Like, so, you know, I had this really fruitful, lucrative deal we passed on. Most people in my world would be like, why? You know, but for me, it's like, I know I have this album to finish. I know what space I want to be in. I know I, you know, I have some things in my life that are coming, personal things that I want to be present for. Um, and I know what that will turn into the next time I get on the road and I do a mic tour. It's going to be on the heels of a new album, which I, I know is special. I'm really excited about. And um, this festival thing is like the first time as an independent artist, I'm being recognized at this level to where... You know, I'm playing bigger stages, bigger crowds, and just being involved in something that I always was kind of left out of, um, because really it's heavily political. Oh, because um, you have the guy, you have the plug yeah, that's yeah. like has other people, and they're like, oh, you're going to, like an example, I'm Post Malone's manager. Oh, you want Post Malone? Perfect. But you got to take Mike. That's exactly back. what they do. Yeah, it's exactly I mean, what they do. What happens in sports a lot? You're like, oh, this is this guy, now you got to get his homies right, and this right, and that, right? right? But you've eliminated bullshit, but what happened is talent. If you give talent enough time to figure itself out, oh, there's the dude. My Wait a minute. So I had I, I had a show. We had 10 artists. One guy, fucking everybody went crazy for him. They're still talking about. Mm -hmm. That's the fucking dude. Yeah. That's my, the dude. My dad um used to say something when I was a kid all the time. He said, the, uh, the cream always rises to the top. Yeah. Yeah. So it might take a little time, but if it's the truth, like I have Ball Don't Lie tattooed here. You have what? What is it? Ball Don't Lie, which is like... The term. Oh, ball don't lie. Of course, yeah, of course. It's just like, that's what it means to me. It's just like, <laughs> time will always be honest, you know? No, buddy, I look, I have time will tell right there for you. There look, you there go. you go. Yeah, See we got a lot of alignments. But that, that, that's that's just, that that, that honestly puts into, into a, categorizes how I'm moving. Like, so special. So good, Just man. like, I'm not, I'm not really, I don't have any big goal. Um, I feel inspired. I'm trying to just cultivate my own inspiration and 
and and um, trusting that if I if I keep doing what's in my heart, it's it's going to work out, you know. And that's that's where kind of where it begins and where it ends. I, it might be like kind of a blah to some people, you know, like some people are kind of turned off by not having goals or. It's not to say I don't have short-term goals, but you know what I mean. I'm just like... No, but you have a plan. Yeah. You're just not like, okay, if I don't get this and I got to be in Billboard, you, you're not... What I hear as a normal person, as a civilian is, you're not complicating yourself. Yeah, no. Like you looked at a plan and go, wow, that figure looks amazing. Wait a minute. I got to do this and that? Mm -hmm. No. Like an example. Hey, well, the Yankees just called. Mm -hmm. Bro, we want you back. You got to shave. You got to go to the mullet. You're like, no. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go play yeah. for Oakland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make sense? Yeah, yeah. Where some people... 99% of us are like, fuck the beard, bro. Wow. I'm, I'm playing, but I got to get paid. Yeah. I'm you playing know? in Oakland where I can do what I want. And maybe it's in front of less people. But you can go, you're going to go down as, as, as long as you don't give this up. I can, you're a guy. And I said this before. You put a post of Joe Rogan talking to the Luke, I think it's Luke Holmes. Mm -hmm. And saying, if you know music is good when you can hear it on a boat. And you put that in story, right? Yeah. And your music, like I told you, you can hear hooking up with a chick on a golf cart, on a boat, cutting grass, mm -hmm. partying, studying, driving somewhere yeah. before a podcast. Or, that's fucking universal, man. It's like breathing. Yeah, so it's like you, there is no losing in you. It's literally like I sing, that's going to win somewhere. Now, where it wins, I can't control. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Am I crushing Kansas? Am I crushing Miami? We yeah. don't know yet, but it's going to crush somewhere. It's interesting you point that out because it's, again, it's, it's like an uncalculated calculation. It's just like, man, I know how I'm living my life, right? So the music reflects that. Like if, when I was partying a lot more, there was more party feeling where like you might not be able to say that about the music you know why I value living my life so balanced is I feel like it comes through in the music to where like whatever you're doing it's lifestyle music I call it it's just like the you, best you can live your life to it you know and and you know what I like also that you're not like forcing it because a guy like you can go okay let me go find a country guy to yeah. go to go leech off his juice now let me get my hip hop boy so let me just stay in the mix whatever and I th honestly think that's coming but organically yeah where one dude's gonna be like fuck man how come I haven't hit up Mike yet Mike yeah. Come over here. Let's fucking. I got everything you want, bro. No excuses. Yeah. I'm gonna put a shaman over here. I'm gonna put a yoga mattress over there. Yeah. I'm gonna put this over here, and I want you to create. And if you like something, I'm gonna come in. And if you like it, on top of that, we're gonna wear the blue jerseys. You like the blue jerseys, Mike? No, I want to wear the all whites. <laughs> Mike, we're gonna wear the all whites. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I think that's coming, bro. I don't want to say. I don't want to even like imply that I've never yearned or gone out of my way to try to include other people or do certain things. Because I come from more of that space, like the space you're talking about, where like you you gotta hustle and move and shake, you know. All I can say is that through doing it, all the most fruitful stuff and the best stuff, it's just coming from within when I'm just doing what I gotta do. And then if someone comes and, and comes to what I'm building, which is coming, that's I'll coming. No, no, that's coming. That. No, that's and coming it's happened, you know, it's like the post thing. No, but that's coming. That's coming now, but this version, right? Yeah. Because that happened while you guys were beer pong. Yeah. Which is cool. Mm -hmm. But I think that's that's coming out. A couple more questions, bro. I used to rescue uh pit bulls for a little bit. Right? That's dope. I want to talk about your relationship with your dog. This dude has seen everything. This guy's the one guy. Yeah, buddy. We're talking about you here. He's the best. What man. do you love the most 
about your dog? Um, man, it's my guy. I think, uh, I think, I think my favorite thing about just dogs in general, but him in particular is just like, there's a, there's a presence that he has. I call him the CEO and, uh, we have a brand Stevenson ranch and he's like the, he's the guy, he's the mascot. Yeah. Yeah. He's the man, he's the face, but he's just like the presence that he has over me. And I think that's kind of what dogs have over people. It's just so endearing is it kind of teaches you what really matters in a weird way. Like he don't give a fuck what I'm doing, what song I just made or how many views or likes or whatever. He's just, it's just like more about the essence of what life is really about. It's just like presence. He wants to play, you know, he wants to go for a walk. He wants wants to hang. Yeah. Wants to hang in it. There's a there's just something really calming about having him. I think that's what so many people love about the companionship of dogs, and just feeling like uh, they they never judge you. That you know. And how did you come across him? Did you buy him? Did you rescue him? Yeah. So we tried to rescue. So in Los Angeles, about six years ago, we we tried to rescue. Uh, we went to a place in Los Angeles. What was the name of that place? Were you there, Versace? I don't think so. It was it was called. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna put them on blast because they sucked. The place was called Barking Bitches, right? Okay. And it was this place where in, in LA, it was on Fairfax. Um, and they had like, you know, all types of dogs, walks of life. You could walk in and pet them and play with them. And then you could potentially take them and Big adopt one. them. And we tried to adopt one and they denied us because like we were young. Um, we had only been living in LA for a year. And, and I was, you know, they didn't pre-qualify you. Like, this guy's not ready to be a yeah, dad. Yeah, like went through the process and they more or less said like, nah. And like they were wrong, you know, and I knew that. So I was like kind of, I was upset. I was kind of pissed. And then literally that day I get on, I get on the internet. I'm with a few, few people we were looking. And we just saw, we, homeboy we saw up, a picture huh? on this, on this, uh, on this website. And his name was, uh. Pony Boy Curtis. And you're like, oh, boy. And his little face. And I was just like, that's my I guy. was like, who? so we called for him. And then the guy that answers the phone, his name's Steve. And it's like, that's already an inside joke thing. That's your we, thing. Yeah, we call everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve. Steve, Steve, Steve. So uh, that was it. That and was in like, Cuban, that'd be a TV. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, as Cubans, we put the E in front of stuff. So, yeah, like, yeah. that's why, like, a school, a stop sign, a escuela. <laughs> but in English, we do it in English. Okay. So like the, the Cubans that don't like speak English that. already, so this guy's a TV. I like that. I like yeah, that. A yeah, he uh that was a no-brainer when his, when we knew it was a Steve thing. So yeah, he's he's honestly just everyone in this house is just obsessed with him. No, just, of course. How long have you had him for? Uh six years. A little over six years. So And yeah. what's the lifespan on that? This guy's gonna live forever, but what's the Yeah. Um I think at the maximum it's like fifteen. At the average it's like eleven, twelve. So he's gonna see your kids. Yeah. Buddy, how sure. special is that, huh? And he's sure. going to see Junior. For sure. And you have a name already for you. Are you going to go Mike Junior with Homeboy or are no. you going to go like European? You go European, I can tell. <laughs> Francesco, this guy's going Gianni, know, this guy's going European with You know, the... I don't plan these things. So, yeah. But <laughs> oh I my definitely want to have kids at some point soon ish. So. Dude, I, I'm, last thing, dude, I'm so proud of you as a, as a dude, 
as a as a person that that uh, that I failed my my whole life incredibly, I notice guys that are winning in a sincere way, mm. and I am so uh, thankful that you took the time, man, to to sit with me, to schedule back and forth. I had yeah. a little system where I would always I would always DM the story, and I, I you gave me one a day, yeah. and I would kind of patient that, but that's. That's my, it's the hardest thing when, when you, when you, which is what you have, right? You knew you were going to be good. Mm-hmm. You knew you were going to be good to that one dog, but they said no, right? I know that everybody I sit with, yeah. you're going to come out, I guarantee you, you're going to come out better than good you're going to come in, it. but they don't know that. So I can't. And one of the things we talked about is the controlling of expectations, mm-hmm. right? I know that when I sit with somebody, right? And I've looked, my first interview that, that I had Chris on it was an interview, a guy that it, it went, but I, I know I fucked it up because I did little things. I was like, ah, but I learned from it, mm-hmm. right? That doesn't happen again, bro. Mm-hmm. Before I let you go, man, I have a tradition that every guest has to ask me a question. Just ask me a question, mm-hmm. bro. What can I help you with? Ask me a question. Talk to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're going to spring it on me last second here. Um, I don't want to waste the opportunity. To ask no, you got to ask as many as you want, but just one, and maybe that one might yeah. lead to more stuff, you know, but then yeah. you could ask me something. I hope you don't mind me going this way. It's just, uh, like I said, it is what inspires. When I hear things, people go through tough situations. Yeah. It inspires. Uh, that's more the more inspiring stuff in the world to me. So I would, I would ask... Um, have you ever, what's your relationship with your father now? It, it, it's awesome. A lot of people ask me that. So I'm the kind of guy that everything bad that happens to me is my fault. So, and I've, for some, if you got to get that, get that. I don't, I always felt that the reason why I was getting the shit kicked out of me was for good. But I didn't know what that good was going to be. Kind of like I've always, I don't know if you ever watched, this is crazy, but have you ever watched Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. and like The Hobbit and all that? So my whole life, I wanted to be Aragon, who's like the king and the guy, whatever. But I'm way more powerful as Gandalf. And I noticed that my flow led to be a guy that if you looked at Gandalf's character, Gandalf's the most powerful guy of all. He's the wizard, yeah. he's old, whatever. But he can only use, and I've read this, he can only become powerful to help others, not himself. So that can go, okay, now I'm the man. I'm going to get here. No, no, no. Now, but if I got to protect you, here I come, mm. right? So when you're growing up and your dad's beating the shit out of you, and not only hitting me, he's hitting my mom and my sister and all that stuff. And I'm like, damn, man, this sucks. Nobody's protecting me. My dad's the youngest of 15 kids. We have a huge family. His dad died when he was eight years old. My dad's a very smart guy, but lacks the people skills because he wants to pop off. The guy came to, was a calculus teacher, engineer in Cuba, comes here, doesn't speak the language, is a Pepsi worker. He has good in him, but he doesn't know how to express himself. So my dad's the kind of guy just to fit in and be like, hey, dime, Mike, como estamos? Hey, esa baba? Hey, what's up with the beard? So my dad makes you shorter and fatter. I make you leaner and taller, right? So... I learned everything from him. So as we grew up in life, I'm like, fuck, man. My dad, these are the holes that he had. He meant so good. Like the guy literally lived his whole life next to me. 
And he lived his whole life telling me, you see this house right here? We used to have, there's a mamey, there's a, there's a fruit called mamey. It's like a, a, like a sugary fruit that grows on trees. And we have a mamey tree in the back of our house. And my dad used to sit there in the shade and, and go, you smoke a cigar. And he'd be like, you see all this? That's a bullshit house. But he'd be like, you see all this? My goal is so that when you and your sister have kids, Man, I'm retired. I paid off my house and all this thing, right? So here's the irony of life. And this is what I tell people. I go, listen to my story. My dad stayed married with the same woman. This guy was lucky enough to marry a woman that he had two kids with when she was like 19 years old. So the only person my mom had ever been with was my dad, okay? He brings her to this country. They're married for 30 years, right? And they get divorced, not because the guy's a cheater, not because the guy's a gambler, but the guy's a borderline alcoholic that's miserable and has to be the man. So he was the guy that had my mom always in check, like typical Latin woman. She would cook, clean, everything, but never bought her anything, never made her feel special, never been anything. So the guy was that guy. And I was watching this guy fuck up all the time. And I'm like, that's a mistake. And that's going to be a mistake. And that's going to be a mistake. And that's going to be a mistake. And he really felt proud of me when I moved to Vegas because I became the guy, right? And I used all my resources on people because you know how it says you build all these hookups and I'm having lunch or dinner with fucking John George and Julian Serrano. These are world chefs and I have all this power and I used it on him. And it was the first time I saw him go, fuck, I'm, I'm proud of this guy because I'm wearing a suit and tie and everybody thinks I'm the guy and this whole bullshit. And when I was in Vegas, he goes, he goes what are you doing? Bro? You, got a, you got a degree? Why are you living in a car? Like, stop with this acting shit. But it's not that I wanted to be an actor, Mike, because my whole life, everybody that I've looked up to, I've ended up meeting. Everybody, right? Like, literally everybody's literally like, oh, now I'm this person. I've interviewed this person or I hung out with this person. And I realized my whole life I had been compared to Stephen Bauer, which is Manolo from Scarface. Because I always have everybody so like, he's cute and he popped off, whatever. So me and him, through a connection in LA, we started, the guy starts living in my house in an air mattress because the guy, drugs and being who he was, yeah. took over his life and it was a complete set. And I remember I used to recite Scarface. Every, every Cuban kid in Miami did this, right? When we were young. Hey, who do I trust? Me, that's who would be Scarface. I'm here reciting Scarface with the guy and he's literally telling me, bro, this is how I got this role. And, and I'll never forget, he told me like this. He goes, dude, when I started when I was young, that right after I got Scarface, that the world became mine. Warren Beatty was always telling me, bro, come to my house. Let's talk. Let's go over through scripts. Let's do this. Let's do that. I was fucking around Melanie Griffin 24-7. Melanie Griffin's like the Lindsay Lohan over time, like oh. just like the Kim Card, like just the person. This grew up in Hollywood. Her dad was a big director. This, that. Destroyed his life. The guy went to that run. And he goes, bro, Sean Penn was always at his house. Look at the difference in my career. And he was a... And, and Stephen Bauer was adored. Like, that guy's an actor, actor, which breaks your heart. He's such a nice guy. But Stella Adler, who, like, created acting, trained Marlon Brando, this thing, took a young Stephen Bauer and said, you're the guy. You're the next guy. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there with this guy in an air mattress, sleeping in my place, mm -hmm. and he's telling me this, and he goes, Hector, at some point, you're going to have to perform. Because people were looking at me because of my looks and my vibe, whatever. And I, we went to a play, and he was crying in the middle of the play. Watch him. And I was like a robot. I was like, why is this motherfucker crying? It's a stupid play. I go, oh my God, I'm not an actor. That's not my thing, yeah. right? So now when you put it to my dad, I sat there and my dad, 
After 30 years, my mom divorces him. That's done. My sister stopped talking to him. 12 years. He doesn't know his grandkids on that side. I was the one guy who was always cool with everybody. I'm like, listen, bro, life's too short, whatever. As long as you don't ruin my party, bro, I'm here. You know what I'm saying? As an adult, listen, I want to get tattooed. Don't criticize me for getting tatted now, whatever. I got my first tattoo at 30, bro. Wow. Think of that. Okay, so I waited, whatever. So just don't ruin my party. I want to smoke a cigar. I'll smoke. I'm not going to smoke it in your house if you don't want to. I'm respectful, whatever. And, bro, my dad's the kind of guy. Here's a good story. My, my wife has a, her, was raised by her grandfather, okay? Jailed, Castro jailed him for 20 years. Uh, incorrectly. Political thing. The guy's in jail, whatever. So my dad's alone for Thanksgiving. I come in from Las Vegas for a movie. My dad's alone. I'm trying to tell him. I go, buddy, look at your life, man. You got to change the way you are. Like, you're a good dude. St don't be the cool guy. Don't stop telling people this. Like, just, just be chill, you know? And I'm like, okay. So we bring him along to the Thanksgiving dinner. He's my plus one, okay? <laughs> First time meeting everybody. This is plus one now. Imagine this. First time meeting everybody. He goes to the, because us, us Cubans, we're passionate about three things, really. Baseball, dominoes, boxing, and the way we fuck. Yeah. That are, that's our shit, bro. Like, we're the fucking men of that, right? Mm -hmm. So he goes to the old guy. He meets the guy. He's like 90 years old. He goes, let me ask you a question, man. In dominoes, double six, you come out. What do you do? This is the guy he just met. And I just finished giving him a two-hour lecture of why he's alone Thanksgiving <laughs> in this thing, Mike. And the guy goes like this. He goes to the old man. He goes, what would you do? This is in front of everybody because my dad's big, loud voice. And the little old man goes, well, you know, I would do this, 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 this. And he went to his whole explanation. And my dad in Spanish goes, mala jugada. He goes, wrong move because what you got to do. So ironically, my daughter's born. My dad's there. He shows up at the house at the wrong time. Old school guy, wants the coffee, wants the whole experience. Oh, buddy, we just had a baby. You can't be showing up in the house unannounced, buddy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I had to warn him one time. Mike, the guy, the next time he called from the, parked in the driveway. And he got out and he got pissed that I put him in check a second time. He goes, oh, take your fucking house and all your shit that you got, your money, and shove it up your fucking ass. And he left. And I grabbed him before he left. I go, listen to me, dude. You're about to make a big mistake with me. Because I'm not playing that game. It's okay. Just call. Didn't you have a lot of rules in your house that we had to respect? Good. No, this is my house, bro. I just don't want to fuck this up. Big Mike, that was four years ago, bro. He doesn't know my daughter. He doesn't know my son, who's a savage, right? Who I'm training him to be the ultimate people person. And that's the moral of the story there. Wow. That some people, as much as you want, they don't change, bro. And there's a thing called the Cuban guilt that comes with a lot of ethnic families that they're like, oh, I gotta be nice to my dad because my dad bought me yeah. my house or my dad this. And luckily he didn't give me shit. Mm. Like I grew up in a yellow school bus and I did this and I did that. So there's- What do you think, uh, what do you think about, you know, just going through that experience? Why? Why were you able to digest it the way you did and like actually there's just so many people that go through abusive situations and either become the same type of person or become victims right. their whole life and everything. Oh, it's because, you know, this happened. And why do you think 
you know, you kind of had an opposite I, reaction. I moved that because I, I, it's my life. It, it become, it, it's like I put you through this so now you can go teach the world mm. of how so a guy who came from where you came from can be this now. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to give up. So it's literally every, so that mentality, I made it outside myself. Yeah. So I don't matter. If I would have came here and you would have said, what's up, Hector? Yeah, do me a favor, bro. Can you clean this up for me? Whatever. To sit down with you. I'm not going to go, who the fuck does say this? I'm going to clean this up. Mm. I'm going to, like we used to do, before you got to Duke, after the game, what would all us motherfuckers have to do? Rake the fucking field, yeah. right? And I, everybody was like, bro, this is bullshit, whatever. I started to treat it like I was fucking, what's his name? Um, Eddie Murphy and uh, when he was a Princess of Mundo, but he was at McDowell's there with a smile. Yeah. And everybody's like, what the fuck? That's how I view life. It's a great way. The to, fact great space that you allow me to be, the fact that I'm breathing, that I get to wear this and be here with a guy accomplishes you, I have a serious conversation mm. and you take me seriously, bro, that means the world to me. Mm. Like I would be, I, I might never see you again. I might be there to train your kid and be like, bro, what do you think? But to me, that's how I live. Mm. And a lot of famous people that I see now, I took care of in Vegas that are now in the podcast and there are now influencers. Mm. And I saw them. When I took care of him in Vegas, I go, these are not these guys. But that's how life works. And I, I don't compete against anybody except myself. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you're in a great space. Really. I'm in the best space. I'm in the only space. Yeah. You know, because I don't, I don't, I got a perfect 10 as a chick. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have, I have this, I have a million flaws that I try to fix. I'm overpassionate about stuff. I get too excited. Mm-hmm. You know, I like, I, when you see me text you, I'm, I'm like, I like type you a lot. I'm like, hey, because I don't want you to think I'm a dick. So I like overdo it. Well, other people are like, hey, bro, okay, cool. So I'm learning yeah, that, yeah. you know, but. Yeah, but you know what? It's like, we'll talk about bettering, betterment. And it's just like, there's nothing better. There's nothing better than authenticity. So even, even, even if certain things may irk certain people, if it, if you being your authentic self, there's something in that avenue that irks somebody, they're not really aligned with who you 100%, really are. 100%, 100%. Now, not to say everyone, sometimes business or Yeah, there's certain points that you have yeah, to like, like kind of like, but to of me, course. I'm at like, like look, one of my boys, Um, I don't know if you thought, uh, having a great year, was rookie last year, MJ Melendez, you know MJ Melendez? He's yes. a catcher now, so. Actually, yeah, yeah, I've spoken to him before. So MJ, so his dad brought me in to speak at FIU, so I'm speaking to him, and the first time I meet him, I see him with his, he had signed, right? Because he was a catcher, but he hadn't gotten to the big league. He was kind of a thing. And I saw him with his chain tucked out. Look at his chain. I saw, and he wanted a certain car. And I, some, it came into my head. I go, I go, listen to me, buddy. Do me a favor. Till you pop, chill. Because mm-hmm. I don't want you to get hated on. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I'm the guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I, 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 like, I had no business. I, I didn't even know the fucking guy. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I can't control myself. Right? Just like I told you, bro, you're the next Bob Marley, man, telling you. Now, you're not talking about the revolution because there's no revolution here, but you're talking about certain things. That comes from a place of, I don't think about that. Yeah, yeah. But I got to tell Mike that because no motherfucker's telling him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because fucking Drake is not going to go, hey, bro, by the way, let's come together. Listen, yeah, yeah. bro, it's going to come because what's going to happen? You're going to pop in a circus. It's coming. You know it. It's coming. Now, you're going to be singing in a place with elite people and you're going to be like, oh, now they're listening. Mm. Holy shit! Now it's really because now it's cool. That's coming. I could. I know it's coming. So that's what I think about. Mm-hmm. You know? I think it's dope to be be authentically yourself, though. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I said this off camera, but yeah, I don't really. 
I don't really like, I, I, I even stopped podcasting on a normal schedule because I, I didn't like, it was the one part of what I'm doing creatively where I was like, oh, I'm in this schedule where I need to do this. It's what, what I mean? it's what I did. It's what I did. Look, he did my last guest. If you look, look at my next, look at you, right? Look, whoever, if I were to go to Spotify or somebody were to say, hey, man, we're going to sign you, whatever. I'd be like, look at these three guests. Like, well, how does this make sense? We did a huge entrepreneur guy. Mm -hmm. He didn't do Pomp because Pomp had his thing there. Then I did a, the, the Cuban Ryan Seacrest, mm -hmm. who's a Spanish guy, whatever. Mm -hmm. I got you next. Dana White after. Awesome. Okay. Marcus Lomonas. Yeah. After that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's great. I got no cosign. I got no fucking bar stool behind me. Mm -hmm. You know, I got no. So I, I got no. I don't have a booker going. Hey, you know, it's just the man upstairs puts mm -hmm. them in my place, and I go. When I saw you doing the the ping pong beer pong thing, yeah. I go. I'm gonna reach out to this dude because I saw the Duke thing. I'm gonna reach to. Obviously, you didn't see it, but the pump thing is what brought that in. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying, and that's the best part about the pump thing. Mm -hmm. Other than knowing the guy, is my connection with you now. Awesome, man. You know, one thing that I want to do is I want to go, not a big lot. I, I don't do like, I don't go to a lot of music thing, right? right? But I want to go to one of yours. Yeah. And I want to support you. And not only that, but I want to go and I like, I want to we'll pick the right one you told me because I want to interview your fans. That'd be dope. Like tell them like, hey, what's your song? What do you like about this dude? Whatever. And like kind of put something together. That's cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like more than welcome. Like bro. a little thing there. And, and, cool and do that. So that way we can see, like, hey, where's the people? What are they fighting? Where are they and do it in and do it in different spots. Yeah. You know, I think that'd be that'd be really cool. That'd be really cool. It's a good idea, man. To see your to see your thing. Dude, I'm like I said, I'm super happy with you, bro. Pumped. I, I, I know it's a just Mike now, is that yeah. where people can find you? Yeah, uh, Instagram and um, uh, Instagram is just at just Mike. At just Mike. J -U -S -T and I think Twitter, I mean, no, not Twitter, I think YouTube is Mike Dot now. Is this might be, Mike yeah, period? like if you go, like, how do you listen to music? Do you, how do you listen to like music? Like Spotify, like I would put Mike Stud and you would come up. Yeah, if you just put, if you just put, like, so the, it's listed as M I K E period. Okay. Um, but if you type in Mike Stud or even just, M-I-K-E. M-I-K-E. Yeah. Perfect, dude. All right. There's the guy, the legend. Big things coming up, man. I'm super happy. Thank Appreciate you so much. You, bro. Great time. Thank you.